Hello, Two Towns Over listeners. Today's episode of Two Towns Over After Dark is going to be one of, if not the single worst true crime cases that us or any other true crime podcast may have ever recorded. And being that it involves a woman as the victim of some of the most heinous acts that I think the human mind can possibly imagine, um, I'm going to pass over for today's trigger warning to my girlfriend, Kat, who most of you are familiar with her work for all of our logo designs, and let her say a few words as a woman about today's story. Trigger warning. The following episode contains gruesome descriptions of the experiences Junko Furuta endured, including kidnapping, torture, rape, gang activities, and finally murder. If you are uncomfortable with any of these subjects, please feel free to skip to the timestamp in the description of the episode. Thank you. I forgot you got a card now. Okay. Uh, okay. So we're just going to go ahead and, and, and plow into this darkness. Um, why we decided to do it, I'll never know. Oh, God. It was my decision, but still. I think there's a reason that most true crime podcasts, at least the ones that I listen to, have not covered this. Uh, it's, well. Oh, you know what? Before we actually do start our episode this week, are we we're recording? Mm-hmm. Okay. I would like to go ahead, and this is the literally the day after uh, Josh and I recorded with Chettle the Pod. Oh, we're going to do that on the um, midweek. The the midweek because it'll well, come I mean, out you before the Chettle this, episode. It, you can mention it because this one will come out after, after the yeah. like episode. a couple of weeks after yeah, the Chettle episode. Never no, mind. go ahead. Well, by no. this time you you'll have, they'll have heard it. Well, it's fine because now I can. I'll just say what I was going to say, but for the midweek. Okay. Instead. All right. So if you, you know, it's fine. if you couldn't tell by the, the music that started this episode and the trigger warning that started this episode and the sheer um, sadness in our hearts that started this episode. Yeah, yeah the, the real downtone that the show has already. <laughs> and right the, up top. the sheer unwillingness I have to talk about the subject. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are going to go ahead and jump into probably the absolute worst true crime story. I think unanimously right well i was gonna say you know there's a lot of um like if you watch true crime on youtube a lot you see you know they're all the most gruesome true crime case of all time and you know it's a rather tame true crime case and it's all very clickbaity yeah uh, this that ain't is, this, this yeah. is that and it's not clickbaity yeah you're like, gonna you're gonna get what you you were baited for what i don't know um, so today we're going to be talking about. Did you try to do a fishing analogy? Well, just now? click bait. But you're going to take the bait. Didn't happen. 
No. Dude, <laughs> our attempts at banter are half-hearted at best right now, folks. Just I was actually up late last night finishing this script, and I didn't want to finish this script. D- why, who would? You know? <laughs> I actually had, uh, I was telling Josh, I had five websites, five different websites up about this story, trying to find the most descriptive, least disturbing descriptions of what happened to this girl. Yeah, that's a weird middle yeah. ground to try and yeah. find for something like this. Um. So anyways, so uh, welcome to Two Towns Over After Dark. Um, we're just going to jump into it. Today we're going to be talking about the uh, rape, torture, and finally murder of Junko Furuta. Um, if you're a Japanese person, I'm sorry, I'm going to mispronounce a lot a of names. A Japanese person or a weeb that cares a lot about Japanese pronunciation. Yeah. It's me. I'm the one. <laughs> <laughs> well, before I we get started. I'm correcting him in my head every time. But yeah, I was fine. given permission by Ruben to say Furuta. J- Listen, Don is in his 40s. He is allowed to be an English dub guy, okay? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> So Junko Furuta was born in the city of Misato in the Saitama Prefecture of Japan in 1971. I am going to have to tell you that that is Saitama. Saitama Prefecture of Japan in 1971. Furuta was well-liked by her classmates despite her quote-unquote good girl reputation. Um, By all accounts, Furuta was a model student, consistently getting high marks in school with very few absences, and she was also uh, not into smoking, drinking, or doing drugs, despite all of her friends trying to get her to do it. Junko had one dream in her life, and that was to become an idol singer. This is this is going to be a difficult episode for me up top, because this is, okay, audience, this is one where I want to treat this with respect. Yeah. Right. Fuck with that. This is... <laughs> We, you've already heard the funniest parts of this. Yeah, episode. we're done with that. They, now. they were the banter Don't even... in the beginning, and that was it. We didn't even do our usual banter. That's how. Yeah, that's the angle we're coming at this from today. Um, you heard us talk about a corpse, and that did not stop me. Yeah, this right. did. So keep that in mind. I don't know. You got pretty quiet halfway through the second half of Albert Fish. Well, but that was just for that was just shock. Yeah. Well, um, so what an idol singer is in Japan is a type of entertainer marketed for image, attractiveness, and personality in Japanese pop culture. Uh, The most recent example of this would be the Japanese group Baby Metal. So um, American analog would be Britney Spears in the 90s if there were six of her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was what she wanted to become. That was her dream in life was to become something like an idol Mm -hmm. singer. It's, It's a very common dream for young girls in Japanese and uh, Korean culture. Yeah. So like BTS. Yeah. Yeah. So while attending Yashio Minami High School, she worked part-time at a plastic molding factory to earn money for a trip that she was planning after graduation. Just before her kidnapping, she was accepted. She had accepted a job at an electronic retailer that she would start working at once she had graduated. Now, Furuta was also marked by her attractiveness. Um, but unfortunately, her attractiveness caught the attention of Hiroshi Miyano, which, who was a school bully. Hiroshi Miyano. I'm just, I'm just. Oh, trust me, you're going to have plenty of chances for me to mispronounce something. I'm not going to correct you too much. Um, you can leave. <laughs> um, when Miyano asked Furuta out on a date, uh, she politely turned him down. Well, this does not sit well with Miyano, who was not used to being told no. 
The rejection was made even worse by the fact that not only was Miano the school bully, he was also what was called a chimpira. Uh, now, what a chimpira is, is a low-ranking member of the Yakuza. Ah. Uh, the Yakuza, for those who don't know, are essentially the Japanese mafia. So he was a street tough. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who are considered one of the most sophisticated and wealthiest criminal organizations. Yeah, so uh, if you are a weeb and you like the anime, you know the anime. The, the you know the ones the one and uh it, it's uh it's the ones that when the boys are in high school but they are also still greasers yeah mm-hmm. it's that it's very greaser aesthetic uh, mm-hmm. think think tunnel snakes they they like pompadours and slickbacks yeah yeah uh, basically any asian character in grand theft auto 5 yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so miyano's friends here we go uh joe ogura sinji minato and Yasushi Watanabe. Oh shit! Okay, nice. Were frequently yeah, seen <laughs> with him, and they used Miano's house as a base of their criminal operations, including purse snatching, extortion, and rape. Miano was the leader of the group. Who was the leader of the group? Had a history of problematic behavior since elementary school, such as shoplifting and damaging school property. Be aware that. Um, Little kids in the hood in Japan go just as hard as little kids in the hood in America. If not harder, because if not a like a little bit harder. Yakuza is a career. Yeah. In Japan. Yeah. Like And not, in Japan, you pick your career at three at, at a or whatever. Very young like age. Like your parents. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's I mean, th- think of the Yakuza as, like, the Italian mob in the movies, but the real-life Yakuza is actually like The real-life Yakuza has deals with the actual Japanese government. Right. right. Like, for real, for real. Yes. It's it's real, real serious. You know, it's you join a gang in America, and, you know... Uh, you get a job for life in Japan. Right. Including the gangs. Yeah. Honestly, it it struck me writing this, and this is a tangent just to try to, before we get into it, because once we get into it, it's just going to sound, we've discussed this before, how like Japanese urban legends, Japanese ghost stories Mm -hmm. are always more graphic or more, they do it well. They do. Well, especially think, think people like Junji Ito. Yeah, you know, it's we don't have <laughs> a name you probably know, even if you don't like the anime, you know the one. Yeah, but I mean, but even this story, when what happened, they even went fucking out there when they did this to her. I mean, you think of something like the toy box killer. If you mm-hmm. really think about what the toy box killer, that story, he didn't. Most of what was creepy about him was the tape. Yeah, and he did a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot of detail of what he did to them. It was very psychological horror. Right. This is... Straight up body horror. It's body horror, yeah. yes. So, all right. So anyways. Yeah, you guys are about to find out the cultural differences between America and Japan in crime. Yeah. Yeah, and I, the Japan's crime world is in, worse Wow, than it's ours. crazy. Yeah, by a lot. Like, ours is more rough and tumble, but that's to our benefit. Because they're too busy fucking with each other to fuck with us. Mm-hmm. The Yakuza spans the whole of Japan. Right. Like and step there on- is only the Yakuza and tiny street gangs. Yeah. They do not fuck with the tiny street gangs, and usually they just envelop them into the Yakuza. Right. 
So it's like, imagine if the Bloods and the Crips decided to stop fighting each other, and instead of fighting each other, they built a corporation, but for gang members. Crubs. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But like, it would be, it would be a full on disaster, like a war, like a war, war, because we have guns here and they don't there. Well, the Yakuza. Well, the Yakuza do, but like. You know what I'm saying? It's very, it's way harder for them to get guns and bullets than it is for our low-level gangsters to get mm-hmm. guns and bullets. But that's also leads to more organization for them, which leads to worse crimes. Uh, look at any corporation. Yeah, all of them. So in April of 1986, Miyano enrolled in a private high school in Tokyo, though he dropped out of the though he dropped out the following year. Now, at the time of the kidnapping of Furuta, he had been living with his girlfriend, the older sister of Yasushi Montanabe, and he was working as a tile worker to save up money to marry her. But unsatisfied with the job's low pay, Miyano became involved with a gangster and frequently committed sex crimes. I have a question. What? What year was this? 86. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, now him committing the sex crimes made his girlfriend lose interest in him. Because you've said a couple of jobs that I had to I had to think, like, I, I was thinking in modern day, and right. it, it wasn't jiving. The things you were saying, yeah. we're not doing it. Yeah. yeah, this all takes place in the 80s. Okay, so. that makes a lot more yeah. sense to me. Carry on, I'm sorry. So, but this, was, this is not to say that Miyano was at a loss for women. His connection to the Yakuza meant that nobody said no to him. Nobody, that is, except Junko Furuta. And it was that's, her- that's the big difference between the Yakuza and American gangs, too, is, like, you do not say no to a Yakuza member. Right. Like Even not, if he's in high school. Not even a low-ranking, bo- bottom-of-the-barrel, as far as the Yakuza goes, high school, like, entry-level job position Yakuza. Like, I think- you cannot say no to them. Like It's that scary. It's that yeah. real. It permeates all parts of Japanese culture in that way. And for those who aren't familiar, the best way I've learned to think of Japanese school system levels is that they go, it's like young kids go to what we would call elementary school. Then they go to middle school, which is sort of like if middle and high school was the same thing, kind of. It's like, yeah, well, if you've ever been to a prep school, it's like that. But their high school is basically if you were a college freshman, but for like two years, and then you did college. Yeah. And then it's like, so there you apply for high high schools. Right. Yes. Like middle school is guaranteed. You have to apply for high schools. Every high school in Japan is like a prep school in America. Yeah. Right. But for kids who are a little bit older and with more strenuous curriculum. But it was Ferruto's refusal that would lead her to a 44-day reign of terror that would not end until she was dead. Now, on November 25th, 1988, Miyano... i be so mad about police in this episode, aren't I? Oh, yes. So, on November 25th, 1988, Miyano and Minato wandered around Masato with the intention of robbing and raping local women. At 8.30 p.m., they spotted Furuta riding her bike home as she had finished her shift at her job. Under Miyano's orders, Minato hid behind a set of hedges as she rode by. He kicked Furuta off her bike and fled the scene. 
Miano, under the pretense of witnessing the attack, by, by coincidence, approached Feruta and offered to walk her home safely. Upon gaining her trust, he began walking with her, and it was only after it was too late that she realized he was not walking her home. He had led her to an abandoned warehouse where he proceeded to rape her. He then used his Yakuza connections to threaten her and her family while he led her to a nearby hotel, where he again raped her. From the hotel, Miyano called Minato and the, his other friends, Joe Ogura and Yasushi Watanabe, and bragged to them about the rape. Ogura reportedly asked Miyano to keep her in captivity in order to allow numerous people to sexually assault her. The group had a history of gang rape and had recently kidnapped and raped another girl whom they released afterward. Miyano took Furuta to a local park to meet up with his friends. They rummaged through her backpack and found a school book with her home address in it. And using the threat of killing her parents, they all took turns raping her before deciding to take her back to Minato's house so they could le- let other men have her as well. So it is here in Minato's house that Junko's 44 Days in Hell began in earnest. I am not sure we should have done this episode anymore. Yeah. I, I woke up with that sense today. Yeah, and it's why this is going to be, you know, probably a uh, uh, shorter. Well, I will not feel with... bad if we get exactly zero listeners for this episode. <laughs> right? No, me either. Yeah, yeah. If if you're if you're still here, I don't know why. Honestly, if you're still here, it's because you're like me and you are morbidly curious and you know it's not good for you. I think that. And that's I'm what here to tell you. It. That it's not good for you, and you should turn this specific episode off. So I know that I'm a podcaster, and I'm not supposed to do that, but like, <laughs> damn. So under threat of violence, Junko was forced to say that she was Minato's girlfriend to his parents to keep them from asking any questions. On November 27th, Furuta's parents contacted the police about her disappearance. To discourage further investigation, the kidnappers forced Junko to call her mother three times to convince her that she had run away, but was safe in staying with some friends. They also forced Faruda to stop the police investigation. <laughs> when Minato's parents were present, Faruda was forced to act as his girlfriend. They dropped this pretense when it became clear that Minato's parents would not report them to the police. The Minatos, his parents, you're they stated that they nah, no shut the fuck up. This is important. That's what we mean when we say you're a product of your environment. My mama would have fucking called the cops day one, no questions. My mom once called the cops on me because I skipped school. <laughs> yeah, dead ass. Like she, my mother, a white woman, called the cops on her black son. Because he skipped school. And I came home on time. So, though these people are the worst. Well, their excuse. I don't care. Well. I don't care. (laughs) They stated that they did not intervene because they were afraid of Miyano and because their own son was increasingly violent towards them. You know what? In this specific instance, kill your own fucking son. Honestly. (laughs) Like, fuck off. I don't, you know what? I have no empathy or sympathy at all for these people. Right. None. So on the night of November 28th, Miyano invited two other boys, Tetsuo Nakamura and Koichi Ihara, 
over to the Minato's house. You guys were worried about stone your own bones. I told I want these people to kill their own progeny. <laughs> I fucking hate them that much. Like it's I'm mad. There is a lot of hatred Ooh. in this story. Oh yeah. So they went to the upstairs room where Junko was sitting, wearing a long sleeve t shirt and a skirt that Miyano had stolen from a clothing store a few days prior. They drank cough medicine, pretending that it was drugs, and acted high. Ferudo turned to run or tried to run away, screaming in fear. Miyano grabbed her legs and Iharo put a pillow over her face. The parents were awakened and went to check on the scream, to which Minato told them that it was nothing. The group then proceeded to gang rape Feruda. During this time, she was in a state of unconsciousness, staring at the ceiling without blinking. All right, so what follows is probably the most horrifying and disturbing things that we have discussed on the show to date. And probably ever will. And probably ever will. And we've talked if about If I have anything to say about it, I was going to say, even if there's a worse thing, we are will. not covering it. Yeah. <laughs> it cannot be stressed enough that what we are about to talk about comes with massive trigger warnings. Pretty much, if something triggers you, we are about to discuss it. We understand and are completely on board with you leaving this episode. We'll see you next week, and there won't be no hard feelings. I, in fact, encourage you not to listen. Go to the timestamp. This is the final warning. We will put a timestamp in the show description if you want to know the outcome without hearing about the torture. And I wish I could do that. <laughs> Please bear in mind, it's just just for one one more little shot uh, about how serious it's about to get. We gave a trigger warning at the beginning, and then we talked about a series of kidnapping and rape and gang rape and we are now giving you a second further trigger warning because it is going to be that much worse so that timestamp that uh that you can find in the description that we've mentioned like three or four times now that timestamp is going to take you to the point in the episode where we start to talk about correct me if i'm wrong when people start being brought to justice Basically, it'll take us to the point where after she has died, which, spoiler alert, she dies. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. But yeah, so from, um, from the time that she dies, pretty much everything else is just straight true crime from there. It's nothing that we haven't discussed before. Right. So if you were interested in hearing about the things that take place after that, then you can skip to that timestamp, and it will not be as bad as what we're about to talk about, but this is, this is where it gets really real. So, all right. So you've been warned. We're going to give you a few seconds to leave. And here we go. Over 100 men raped Junko over 500 times. Most of them were Yakuza who jumped at the chance to have sex with a 17 year old girl. At one point she was raped by 12 men in one day. To humiliate her further, she was kept naked at all times. According to the group statement, these are the, the, um, the people who act, the, the boys who kidnapped her, they shaved her pubic hair, forced her to dance to music while naked, and masturbate in front of them. And they left her on the balcony in the middle of the night with little clothing. Now, this is in November in Japan. Japan real cold. Yeah, it gets real cold in Japan. So she's basically being forced to sleep in a meat locker every night with very little clothing. They force-fed her copious amounts of alcohol, water, and milk, even, for, even forcing her to eat live cockroaches. Eventually, they graduated to making her drink her own urine. 
Now, by day 11, she had been beaten multiple times, including having someone hold her head against the concrete floor while someone else jumped on it. She was hung up from the ceiling by her hands and was beaten like a punching bag. She was also forced to smoke multiple cigarettes at once and inhale paint thinner. For saying no to a high school boy. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's literally why this is, yeah. Now, at this point... Not, not just uh, to, to a Yakuza member. Yeah. To a Yakuza is, is what's member fair, but like, to I want to make sure that we all remember humans perpetrate crimes, and at a certain point, you cease to be a human and become a monster. Right. Yeah. And these... Everybody involved in this. Every single person involved in this, other than Junko, is a fucking monster. Right. And that was that was something that Kat thought it was important for me to talk about at some point too. Was that you know this this isn't one of those stories where you know we we, we talk about all the time how much uh, men are terrible. Right. But the the people who did this to Junko Furuta, they're they're not men. They're not human. They are monsters, and that's that's why this is not. You're not going to hear us go on a, a a tirade about how men are animals, and we can't. I, I hate to be associated with other men, right. which is true, you know. But it's this is not one of those stories. These are this, just plain and simple monsters. This isn't about toxic masculinity. No, this isn't about any feminism or nothing like that this is about monsters demons real demons running wild on the face of the planet Mm -hmm. right so by day 11 i read that i'm sorry i'm sorry now at this point she was only a quarter of the way through her ordeal but owing to owing to the ongoing beatings junko furuta could no longer breathe through her nose due to the accumulation of blood in her sinus cavities her traumatized internal organs refused to accept food and water. So when she tried to drink, she would instantly vomit, which kept her more dehydrated. It also agitated the perpetrators who punished her with more beatings for soiling the carpet. Now, one of the most tragic things about Junko Furuta's agonizing torture and eventual murder is that it all could have been prevented. Twice, the police were alerted to Furuta's condition. And they failed to intervene both times. And here's where, you know, this isn't going to be a, a, a men are monsters and we hate men. But uh, probably going to do a little bit of that about cops yeah. here here in just a second. Yeah. So the first time, a boy who had been invited over to the Monado house by Miyano went home after seeing Faruda and told his brother about what was happening. The brother then decided to tell his parents who contacted the police. The authorities showed up at the Monado residence but were assured by the family that there was no girl inside. The answer was clearly satisfactory enough for the police as they never went inside and they never returned to the home. You know, I can maybe credit a little bit of this to, again, Yakuza dealings. Oh, for sure. (laughs) In Japan, the Yakuza own large sections of the police. Right. And if if they show up, and you know, Yakuza's have a big thing with tattoos, for ranks and associations and all of that. So, you know, maybe they they came up to the house. They said, hey, we got a report that there was a, a girl being held here against her will. And the kid, you know, like, 
rolled up his sleeve or pulled down part of his shirt where you could see a Yakuza tattoo and said, nope, actually there's not. And well, the cops were like, okay, can't do anything and left. It was actually Minato's parents who said there was no girl. Oh. Yeah. So. Mm. No. That's okay, nope, I hate the cop. cops. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. I, I, I tried. I, I tried. So the second time, it was actually Feruta herself who called the police. But before she was able to say anything, the boys discovered her. When the police called back, Miyano assured them that the prior call had been a mistake. The authorities never followed up again. The now that's two calls about this one yes. house. Right. No investigations. No second door knock even. No. Right. You get you get two calls that, hey, I think my neighbor might be selling weed and they they will bust down your door. Oh yeah. In the Hell, they'll bust down the wrong door and kill whoever's sleeping in bed. And their dog. Yeah. So the boys punished Furuta for calling the police by dousing her legs in lighter fluid and setting her on fire. They began inserting objects into her vagina and anus, including a lit match, a metal rod, and a bottle. These would go on to cause massive internal damage in both Furuta's vagina and anus. At one point, the boy shoved a still-glowing light bulb into her vagina and began twisting it around until it broke inside her. They continued to douse her body in lighter fluid and set her on fire. The injuries she sustained caused her to be unable to find bleh, caused her to be unable to go downstairs to use the bathroom, and eventually she began going where she lied or lay. The boys would then punish her for soiling the carpet. They began shoving needles into her breasts and eventually ripped off her left nipple with a pair of pliers. Feruta's appearance was drastically altered from the brutality of her attacks. Her face was so swollen that it was difficult to make out her features. Her body was also severely crippled, giving off a rotting smell that caused the four boys to lose sexual interest in her. As a result, they kidnapped and gang-raped a 19-year-old woman who, like Feruta, was on her way home from work. Did you also have where they burned her eyelids with cigarettes? And okay, gotcha, gotcha. I'm sorry. Yeah, you just joshed me, but I'm getting there. Okay, yeah. So on January 4th, 1989, after losing... Now this, I get got mixed stories here. One said that it was actually Feruta who beat them in a game of Mahjong. But this is saying after losing a game of Mahjong against another person the night before, Miyano decided to take his anger out on Feruta by pouring lighter fluid on her body and setting her on fire. Feruta allegedly made attempts to put out the fire, but gradually became unresponsive. I'm literally dizzy with anger. Yeah. I fully am having a hard time staying upright. I am so angry right now. They continued to punch her, ignited a candle and dripped hot wax on her face, placed two short candles on her eyelids, After she was kicked, she fell into a stereo unit and collapsed in a fit of convulsions. Since she was bleeding profusely and pus was emerging from her infected burns, the four boys covered their hands in plastic bags. They continued to beat her and started dropping an iron exercise ball onto her stomach several times. This attack reportedly lasted two hours. Feruta eventually succumbed to her wounds and died. And that's it. We're, so we're done with the torture. Okay, we're we're through the vivid description. I gotta take a break. Okay. okay, we need to take a break. Okay, yep. <laughs> All right, go ahead. 
so this is this is a weird thing, right? Because I understand serial killers. I even so when, when I say that I don't I'm I'm not a psychopath. I understand the psychology of serial killers. I understand their motives. I understand why they do what they do, as heinous you, and disgusting as it is. You right. get how they're broken. Yes, I get how that happens. I can even, on a certain relatively similar level, understand the psychology and how somebody becomes a rapist. I understand from a psychological perspective how that works in their brains. I do not understand anything about what these, I'm going to continue using the word, monsters did to Junko Furuta. I guess. Um, because so that goes way beyond power, though. The the initial the initial motivation was rape. Right. I mean, they had gang rape before. Right. But then it gets to the point where it's they've defeated that purpose because they beat her to the extent that she did not look hardly human. Right. And anymore. the smell turned them off. Right. So it was no longer about, I don't, I can't wrap my head around. Like, like I can get the roots of it. I could say it's about power, dominance, and control. But at a certain point, very quickly in this story, it became way less about that and more about something different. That I can't understand. Exactly, exactly. I understand where they're sick, disgusting. Like I, I, I'm I not relating humans. in any way, shape, or form. But I understand where the beginning part of this comes from it's in like, human psychology, I understand in psychopathy. Humans. I cannot understand monsters because I'm right. not one. I exactly, hope. exactly. But then from then on, it seems like they have uh, defeated the purpose of what they initially had set out to do and i stopped being able to understand it in any way shape or form regardless of the amount of desensitization that i have to true crime stories and even to uh, snuff films we were talking about it during our break how how much uh, time you know uh, we spent like on sites like rotten.com or live leak where we would see just gruesome horrific things and this still goes beyond what I am capable of wrapping my head around in regards to that. Yeah. And I simply stop being able to understand any part of their even psychopathic motivations. It just stops making sense to me. Yeah. It, <clears throat> it's easier to, to figure out the machinations behind one person. Yes. You know, you can figure a serial killer. I even understand mob mentality. Sure. Right. But like, like that many separately over the course of days, 
this doesn't make sense to me. This many different people right. involved, I I simply stopped being able to understand. I, I, I just wanted to go on about that for a moment yeah. because it's even, even for me, who is very desensitized to this kind of thing, who has spent a lot of time in true crime space. Well, like... I, it just this this goes beyond even what I am capable of finding a way to understand. It's like to say it yet a further another way because I'm fucking stuck on it. It's like I understand what what fuck him. I don't care the boy his name. Uh huh. His doesn't name matter. doesn't need to be remembered. Yeah. I don't care anymore. But no. the boy who began this, I. I like like you say I somewhat understand how your brain can be broken in such a way as to want to punish somebody for telling you no. Sure, but but it's literally everything other than that doesn't make sense to me. Like it, you, it don't, just breaks my brain at a certain I, point. I really and can't, I can't wrap my head around it mm, at all. It's no. it's. It's it's fucking insane to me, yeah, literally it's, insane. It's absolutely beyond my comprehension. Even even in the realm of this, which I have spent tons of my free time intentionally like, researching, and if I were to look at these people, I shouldn't see the shape of a person. Right. Yes. Like, exactly. Does that make sense? There's yeah. no there's no humanity there. None at all left anymore. And so I think that's, I think that's the end of where we're going to talk about the gruesomeness yeah, of this. Yeah, and I do not want to talk about this. Gr- granted, it's still going to be we're, we're getting into a little more true crime stuff right now, and there is still going to yeah. be some gruesomeness to it. But nothing. But it's, nearly, no, it's nothing like what we've just talked about, which yeah. I'm not even going to reference anymore because mm-hmm. timestamp's going to be right around here for you to for you to have come back if you didn't want to hear about the vivid descriptions of the torture itself. Right. Um. We're we're moving into the true crime, some of which will still be kind of gruesome. Um, but nothing on the level that we just talked about. Um, nothing too much uh, worse than My, what we would talk about during a normal true crime episode. Right. Just for a check-in for anybody who did skip like they should have. <laughs> uh, my jaw hurts, and I didn't say much. Yeah. But none, none, none of us did. None it of was, us did. It was very much just uh, Don, Don reading descriptions, descriptions which are... Mm-hmm. Uh, not I, I have not a- not necessary to the story for for you if you're if you're only interested in the true crime part. Those were just for the the, the truly morbidly I, curious. I have what I just realized is a grimace on my face. <laughs> yeah. Now you make me sound like a bad guy because I read everything. No, 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 no. Because it's no, still, it still needs to, read to be all told. This before, yeah, and I've still never heard told. this story in my life. So, like, right. I'm being hit for the first time with this. So keep that in mind going forward. That, right. Like, the the emotions are fresh for me. Right. And that that genuine reaction, I feel, is one of the most important things in having talked about everything that we just did which again i'm not going to specifically reference any of it going forward because this is you know if if you didn't want to hear it you've come back now and no, we're not I, talking we're, about it yeah we're not going to go back talking about the, um, the 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 stuff the end <laughs> yeah um but it's i i feel that it was important in its own way that we talk about everything that we just did because it's 
and especially having Ruben never having heard any of that, which you know I'm I'm, I'm literally sorry. trembling. I, like, I'm, I'm sorry I'm really that you not did. doing okay right but now. But it's it's important to have that kind of genuine reaction. So even though I know that's terrible to have just heard, like thank you for having been willing to hear it and react in real time in the way that uh, uh, a real sensible human being reacts to that kind of thing. I'm not going to say it was an honor, but <laughs> well, you know, it, I am aware that it is a valuable experience. Yes. My God, 45 years later and I'm still passing the joint to someone else. All right. <laughs> you, I mean, yeah. I got to go home. That's fair. So less than 24 hours after her death, Minato's brother called him to tell or called to tell him that Faruda appeared to be dead. Afraid of being penalized for murder, the group wrapped her body in blankets and shoved penalized. Her- I want to focus on that word. That's a Yakuza thing. Yeah. That would not be a police thing. I want to make that clear. That's in the gang. He was not high enough rank to do the shit he has done. Right. And they would have maybe cut a pinky off or something. Some light bullshit. He he took it too far for his station. Right. He he went he went above his station in in terms of what a yakuza member is allowed to do and get away with at at such a low rank because my, mind you, you know, they he, you know what I think part of it is is even that was too much for the yakuza. Yeah. Which says a fucking yeah. bit. Like, the Yakuza are criminals, but they are still sensible. They're incredibly sensible, they are, and that's what makes the Yakuza so scary. It's like, imagine if all the corporations of America was actually a gang. That's yeah. what the fuck the Yakuza is. Right. They're not gang members. They are businessmen. They're very, like, if, if you've played, uh, like, Cyberpunk at all, uh there's a lot of like uh, yak- very yakuza type characters in Night City. It's very yakuza run. It's multiple gangs that vie for competition, but the yakuza th- is the one that runs everything. Yeah. They're called Arasaka. There is a whole game, series, a whole called game yakuza, series called Yakuza, but that game yes, series but... is whimsical and fun. And yes, the real exactly. yakuza is not either of those things. Yakuza the game series uh has a level where you accidentally bust through a wall and find a room full of men dressed as adult babies and then they get mad because you're there and you have to fight them all in a fun fight sequence. Yeah, so this the, is this is not this that. that. This no. is not that. This ain't the anime yakuza. This <laughs> is the real ass yakuza. So the group wrapped her body in blankets and shoved her into a travel bag. They then put her body in a 55 U.S. gallon drum and filled it with wet concrete. Around 8 p.m., they loaded it and eventually disposed of the drum in a cement truck in Koto, Tokyo. For those of you who don't know, you can buy cement at a fucking hardware store Yeah, anywhere on this planet. Mm-hmm. During her captivity, Furuta had mentioned that to her captors several times that she had regretted not being able to watch the final final episode of the television show Tombo, which means dragonfly. Miyano found the videotape of the episode and placed it in the travel bag with her. As he what later the fuck yeah, as he later explained, it was not because he pitied Furuta, but because he did not want her to return as a ghost and haunt him. It's too late for that shit, buddy. God, Japanese superstition is so weird. It's way too fucking late for that. Yeah. 
So on January 23rd, 1989. If she was coming back, she decided that shit way a long oh, time yeah. ago. Day one. So on, Jan- oh, shit. on January 23rd, 1989, Miyano and Ogura were arrested for the gang rape of the 19-year-old girl whom they had kidnapped in December. On March 29th, two police officers came to interrogate them as women's underwear had been found at their re- addresses. During the interrogation, Miyano believed that one of the officers was aware of his culpability in Futara's murder. Thinking that Joe Ogura had confessed the cr- of the crimes against Furuta, Miyano told the police where to find Furuta's body. The police were initially puzzled by the confession as they had been referencing, been referring to the murder of a different woman and her seven-year-old son that, has, that had occurred nine days prior to Furuta's abduction, a case which remains unsolved. The police found the drum containing Furuta's body the following day. She was identified via fingerprints. So he The acci- following day? Yeah. Yeah. So he accidentally confessed to the wrong Correct. murder? Yes. So. I don't believe in a God because of shit like this, period. But also, if he was real... Thank thank him for fucking idiots. <laughs> so on April 1st... Oh, I hope this motherfucker dies at the end. On April, 9, April 1st, 1989, Joe Ogura was arrested for a separate sexual assault and subsequently re-arrested for Feruda's murder. The arrest... Re-arrested? Of, yes. So he was arrested for another crime, and then they arrested him on top of that for Feruda. Oh, it wasn't what they okay. they didn't let him walk. I, yeah. ooh, I, no, I got it after that. <laughs> yeah, because that shit happens to. So no, here's in here's the thing about the Japanese police. Uh, <sighs> once once they have got you, you don't walk. The Japanese police have a ninety nine percent conviction rate. For and, those of you who are pro cops, fuck off. And that's, <laughs> for everybody else, that's insane. <laughs> right when when I say they have a ninety nine percent conviction rate, I, that doesn't mean that ninety nine percent of the people that they have arrested did what they did. That's just the the Japanese police have fewer rules as to if they arrest you, you stay in jail. Period. Yes, they so like if they bring you in for interrogation, um, they're allowed to keep you for I want to say an indefinite amount of time until they get a confession out of you and they will absolutely wear you down and there are much like in america a lot of advocacy groups in japan against practices like this but the japanese police are fucking scary if you go to japan and you get arrested like you know say say you manage to get a little bit of weed into japan Mm -hmm. uh and you get caught with that like you're going to japanese prison for probably a very long time. They do not fuck around. Oh. So the police... I read that. I'm sorry. America uh, wishes they could do fascism as good as Japan. The arrest of Watanabe, Minato, and Minato's brother followed. Several other accomplices who participated in Furuta's abu- abuse were officially identified, including Tetsuro Nakamura and Koichi Ihara, who were charged with rape after their DNA was found on and inside the victim's body. The identities of the boys were sealed by the court as they were all juveniles at the time of the crime. And in a move that I know Ruben would be totally behind, journalists from the Shukan Bunshun magazine discovered their identities, however, and published them, 
They stated that given the severity of the crime, the accused did not deserve to have their right to anonymity upheld. <laughs> they are uh, correct. Fucking nice. Yeah. All Man, f- as hardcore the as the Japanese, kid, yeah, def- <laughs> definitely get the, the kid boo action figure out. He, he's, he's got arms that hug. He's our emotional support. He's our emotional Action support figure, kid, kid boo. boo. Yeah, um, as as much as like the police and the yakuza in Japan don't fuck around, neither do the motherfucking journalists. No, like <laughs> so the the all four boys, the four main ones. You know who I respect the most out of almost anyone in a, in a non like medical profession. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not literally saving a life. You know true, true journalists. Yes, yes. Because they are the bravest people on this planet. Yes, I don't care what you say about it. They're the bravest people on this planet. Yeah. Period. Because they they po- listen. There are journalists in the country of Japan who regularly publish stories explicitly detailing yakuza activity. Yeah, dude. and that is a death sentence. Mm-hmm. And you are not as brave as them. Period. No. I don't care who you are. Absolute balls of steel. 100%. So uh, all four boys pled guilty. Yeah, they collect them from every motherfucker they get put in jail. (laughs) They pled guilty to committing bodily injury that resulted in death rather than murder. On July 9th. Absolutely fuck that. Yeah. In July of 1990, a lower court sentenced Hiroshi Miyano, the leader of the crime, to 17 years in prison. He appealed, I'm sorry, there you go. He appealed his sentence, but Tokyo High Court Judge Ryuji Yanasi sentenced him to an additional three years in prison. The 20-year sentence is the second longest sentence ever given in Japan before life imprisonment. He was 18 years 18 at the time of the murder. Miano's mother reportedly paid 50 million yen, which is the equivalent of 425,000 US dollars. I've dissociated. In, a, in compensation ordered by the civil court after selling their family home. Miano was denied parole in 2004. That's a big thing, too. So, like the, the mom, so f- family names, of course, are a, a major thing in right. Japan. Your, your family name means, it means more than your first name. Right. Uh, as far as your identity, and that's why they're the way they say their names. Yes, is last that, name that's first. why t- typically when you meet somebody, you address them by their family name mm-hmm. until you know them on a, a personal level that you are friends, and you begin addressing them by their first name. So that's why you always see Japanese names in quote unquote like f- reverse. And then there's like a further level where you get to remove the suffix. Yeah, it's San Chan, and it goes yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or not, there's there's like pet. I'm not gonna say that one like, in an American accent. There's uh like playful ones not in a where southern like accent, you, sure. you you turn Chan into Tan as like a as like a playful like mm-hmm. pet name kind of thing. But so the the mom sold their family home, right? In order to pay reparations, right? In this, and that was to protect their family name. To, to do something to to pay back and try to maintain maintain some sense of honor behind the family name, which no, is out the window. By you absolutely now. don't get to do that. No, but but that's how important it. That's what their culture is. You know, yeah, she I was get it. trying to protect their family name from what her monster of a son did. 
Do you know how you become a monster? You get raised by them. But in this case, he was probably being raised more by the Yakuza than his parents. Uh, it was under their roof, correct? No, that was Minato. Minato. Oh, yeah. this was one of the other. Yeah, ones. this was Miyano. This was the leader, the uh, guy who she denied. That's the part where I had. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. 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 So yeah, she probably was not aware. Yeah. Uh, of what was going on to in, any extent, in and that she, case, slightly less of a fuck you though. At, right. <laughs> but she, only slightly. She though. she found out that this had been happening, and I mean, so. Kids are good at hiding shit from their parents. You know, it's I was not real good at hiding shit from my mom. No, I my mom, know that you weren't real good at oh, hiding shit from your mom. Oh, you fucking don't, bud. No? <laughs> and neither does she. She doesn't believe me when I tell her, but buddy, come now. Right. <laughs> I mean, as I was good, I was good at hiding am, a lot get from here. my mom. Right. Fuck off. So, but yeah, you, so. It's, she just you, knows that I made a very few mistakes. That's what she knows. Right. But you know, when you, you can relate to how good children are at hiding shit from their parents. I sure can. I am, I am going to choose for the sake of uh, my mental health and for my, you know, I, I don't want to apply headcanon to this, but for lack of a better word, I'm going to say headcanon mm-hmm. just because I don't, I can't think of something better to well, use for this. Uh, canon is a biblical word that means did happen in real life or the Bible. Depending on which group of Christians, right? Yeah. What I'm saying is, uh, I'm choosing the narrative here that she did not realize the severity of what her son had gotten into, and when she finally found out, she was like, "Oh my God, this is the worst thing that has ever happened." My, and part of this is selfish, is my family name is ruined, the whole family name, because there's so much riding on family names in Japan that. She was like, I have to do the most extreme thing that I can think of, which is literally sell all of my worldly possessions and give that money as reparations. She literally gave away the family home, their entire life, her worldly possessions, all of them, sold them, and then gave literally everything that her family cumulatively owned in reparations. Right. That's a good start. Right. So Miana was denied parole in 2004. He was released from prison in 2009. In January 2013. Excuse me? Yes, he was released. He Yeah, he was given 20 years. He served the 20 years. Oh, I'm sorry. I heard two different years that were yeah. not that far apart. Yeah, he was denied parole in 2004. He was released in 2009. Okay. In January 2013, Miana was rearrested for fraud. But due to insufficient evidence, he was released without charge later that month. Nobuharu Minato, now Senji Minato, was a, who originally received a four to six year sentence, uh, was resentenced to five to nine years by Judge Ryuji Yanasi upon appeal. So that's twice that they tried to appeal and they got more time. Which, <laughs> I do love that. Good. Yeah. I do love that. That's fine. Hey, in can, can this I, specific instance, good. Can I be in prison for le- just like a little bit less time, please? Mm, no, I'm going to give you some more, actually. Yeah. I've read your case file, and actually, fuck you even harder. Right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he was 16 at the time of the murder. Monado's parents... Excuse me. What? What age did you say this person... What? 16. 16. This is what I was saying at the beginning. All this for saying no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and mm. 
Minato's parents and brother were not charged. Feruta's parents were dismayed by the sentences received by their daughter's killers. You keep speeding through these bombshells, dude. <laughs> right. You have to remember this is the first time. Be gentle. <laughs> I literally, you just said, I'm sorry, did you just repeat the last sentence or yes, so? Yes, the parents were the not parents charged. parents and brother were not charged. The, the parents who were in the house where it happened were not charged. Who were aware what, what was going on were not charged. The parents who turned the cops away saying there was no girl in the house. I hate all justice systems. All of them. <laughs> now, mind you, this is this is the this is the flip side to that that cultural Japanese family name thing. Their family name is ruined forever in such a way that in their society they are they might as well be uh what what's the word i'm looking for exiled yeah they might as well be excommunicated from society at that point because it, anyone who hears what their family name is will have no association with them mm-hmm. uh, i'm going to say something that might be controversial here no but that's not good enough. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> not, it, not no, even a good it's start. It's not good enough. And no, it's not even a good start. But it is a start. I'm not saying it's a good start. I'm not saying that it's... It, it is not even a half of a step in the right direction. It is a light shuffle in the right direction. It's like somebody looked in the correct direction. It's, it's saying that there... It's me drawing attention to the fact that there are farther reaching consequences that we cannot relate to in a meaningful way in America. Uh, Faruda's parents were dismayed by the sentences received by their daughter's killers and won a civil suit against the parents of Nobuharu Minato in whose home the crimes were committed. After his release, Minato moved in with his mother. However, in 2018, Minato was arrested again for attempted murder after beating a 32-year-old man with a metal rod and slashing his throat with a knife. Yasushi Watanabe, who was originally sentenced to three to four years in prison... Does Japan do the death sentence? I don't think so. No, I don't believe they do. That is commendable. However. (laughs) I knew there was a however coming on that one. However... This motherfucker should never have walked out of the prison. He he should have walked into the prison and did nowhere else. He was he was once again too protected. I mean, this the same way gangs run prisons in America. The yakuza runs prisons in, because yakuza members are often in and out of prison in Japan. They are established inside of the prisons. So when you go into prison as a yakuza member, you are protected by the other yakuza members. I didn't see anything stating that everybody was Yakuza. I only found stuff saying that Miyano. Well, I keep mixing these these boys up. Yeah, we're talking about like perpetrator D now. We're on Yasushi Watanabe. So he was... A friend of a member of the Yakuza. I don't know if And that. I'm going to say I that that probably who... gives you some pull. Let yeah. me say you something real quick. I'm sorry. I don't mean to say it that aggressively. I'm just real mad. No, no. you're. I, I get right where you're coming from. I'm sorry. But I don't care what their names are. 
Yeah, I know. I, I agree with the journalists that released the names. I agree with that. Yeah. I do not care what their names are, just on a personal fuck you level, mm-hmm. because I because it is immaterial which one is which at this point. To right. Me. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, and well, it's like, so I know I keep harping on the family you're name You're a man-shaped thing. monster with no conscience, yeah. and I hope you die. <laughs> I keep harping on the family name thing, but so the reason that that journalist probably felt, you know, a journalist with real integrity like that is... Um, that journalist probably felt that it was important to have their names released for what I was mentioning earlier about how that ruins their family name. Right. I agree with that. And that's sure. that's important. That that's why there there was a little bit of justice in what that journalist did I in, just, in its own way. I just get to have the best of both worlds because Don's going to say the names and I get to say no fuck them. Right. And see then but I'm I'm also conflicted on it because I said it earlier None of their names deserve to be remembered. Yeah. Right. The only name that we should remember and carry forward from this is Junko Furuta. Mm-hmm. She, she is the only name that we need to remember because she was the victim. She went through the I, worst thing as, a as every, can go through. As everybody likes to call it, 44 days of absolute hell. And we, we should remember her life for that. And very quickly forget the names of the people, the monsters that did what they did to her. I I don't even care if you say people are monsters because people, people are the only real monsters. And what makes you a monster is that unfathomable level of the thing we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I don't, I, agree that these absolute demon people should be remembered as monsters, but we should also remember that they were born human. Right. And you don't be born a monster. No. You become one. Yeah. So, um... And you don't become one with your thoughts. OCD people. That's not what I'm talking about. You become a monster through your actions. Yeah. So Yasushi Watanabe, who was originally sentenced to three to four years in prison, received an upgraded sentence to five to seven years. He was 17 at the time of the murder. For his role in the case, Joe Ogura served eight years in a juvenile prison before he was released in August of 1999. None of these sentences are even a quarter of long enough. Yeah. After his release, he took the family name Kamisaku. See, they all, again, I know I keep harping on this, but they all took different fucking family names. Right. And that is as the result of that fucking heroic journalist Mm -hmm. releasing their names Mm -hmm. against the law releasing their names not even it's like against everything it's against the law and the yakuza (laughs) right (laughs) yes it it is against the law and the other side of the law when you say that americans have zero um like oh fuck i forgot the word because i'm rattled but like the there is no comparison i don't care I don't care if the prison next to you is run so hard by the gangs that the prisoners get to leave on the weekends and shit. I don't right. give a fuck. Japan is worse than that by a mile and a half. Like, the Yakuza don't just own the jails inside the jails. The prison guards in those jails are also fucking Yakuza sometimes. Like, 
it's that bad. Yeah. Imagine if the Crips were in the Crip prison. Because the Yakuza are professionals. They literally, like, private prisons in the U.S. are owned by people and corporations. Right. Private prisons in Japan are owned by the Yakuza. Period. Man, I don't want to go to Japan anymore. <laughs> it's I I know that anime is real cool, and other aspects of Japanese culture should be lauded and remembered. And the fashion for their history, oh God, the they're awesome at fashion and music and a bunch of other shit. But like the problems that are in every country just so happen to be worse in Japan in this instance. Yeah. Every country has issues with law enforcement and the appropriate levels of it. Mm-hmm. Some and it's the U.S. We like to think we're the top most worst one. That's only true for like black men. <laughs> so you know, in Japan, it's everybody. Everyone has to worry about the prisons. Not like if you don't worry about going to jail because you've been pulled over only once in your whole life. Fuck that in Japan. Yeah. Like you don't get to do that in Japan. We 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 make fun and we say, ooh, it's very wacky that Japan is so, you know, you know, straight straight laced and in line it's no they're literally scared of the police like black men in america are scared of the police every single one of them it's it's wild over there you guys um i don't know i don't even know where i was going i'm just mad and i hate cops so and fuck the yakuza agorda is said to have boasted about his role in the kidnapping rape and torture of furuta in July of 2004, he was arrested for assaulting Takatoshi Isano, an acquaintance he thought his girlfriend may have been involved with. Ogura, Ogura, yeah, Ogura tracked Isano down, beat him, and shoved him into his truck. He drove Isano from Adachi to his mother's bar in Masato, where he allegedly beat Isano for four hours. During that time, Ogura repeatedly threatened to kill the man, telling him that he had killed before and knew how to get away with it, which is an obvious lie, but okay. He was No, sent- it's not. It's fully not. He didn't get away with it, though. He, how long did he go to jail? He was in jail... Um, was it less than his whole fucking life? Oh, yeah. He then he got years. away with yeah, it. Yeah, no, I feel the same way you yeah. do. Um, he was sentenced to seven years in I'm prison. I'm really, truly heated, and I'm sorry <laughs> for being so aggressive. It's okay. But no, this, this I'm is really mad. This is the one to feel that yeah. way about. Oh my god! I'm just worried because I'm the I'm within punching distance. <laughs> I'm not gonna punch. I'm a fucking pacifist on purpose. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Ogoro repeatedly. Yeah, it's specifically for shit like this. This is why I'm a pacifist. <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but that's why he was sentenced to seven years in prison for assaulting Isano, and has since been released. Ogoro's mother allegedly vandalized Feruda's grave, stating that she had ruined her son's life. Jesus Christ. It has also been... Re- I'm sorry. I, I, I really keep dissociating, so I'm going to need you to say that last part again. Orguro's mother okay. allegedly vandalized Feruda's grave, stating that Feruda had ruined her son's life. And graves are incredibly sacred yeah. in Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about the ultimate fucking form of victim blaming. Right. 
<laughs> uh, Ruben's holding up a finger. He really needs a drink, but he also has a lot of aggressive things to say. Only one, really. I don't advocate murder. However, you've had, you have a history of advocating murder not, on this show. I just want to real. say, not for real, for real, <laughs> not not like this, not for real. But if you happen to see this woman out in the streets of Japan, just you know, take one for the team. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we are an official business now, and for legal reasons, that is a joke. It, yes. it, it's not only for legal reasons, but like that's how mad I am. It's yeah, just yeah, a metaphor. I, I, I get but it. Like, I'm just, yeah. We at Two Towns Over and Odd Man Out Productions do not... Com- <laughs> we do not advocate murder. Two Towns Over and Odd Man Out Productions do not advocate murder in any way, shape, or form. And if you commit murder in the name of Two Towns Over or Odd Man Out Productions, we, shall we not are not responsible viable. and will not be eligible for legal ramifications. Yes. It's fine. Don't even worry about it. I'm just... I don't even know... Like, fuck you for eternity. I want hell to be real for you specifically. Right. So it has also been reported that Ogura has depleted his father's life savings, money which was intended to be provided as restitution to Furuta's family by buying and consuming a number of luxury goods. So of all of them, it sounds like Ogura had the least... uh, Consequence? What's his new name? His... His last name changed from Joe to uh, Kamisaku. So Kamisaku, Kamisaku Ogura. Ogura should be fucked forever in hell. Repercussions. That was the word I was thinking of. Yeah. The least amount of repercussions. I really, I don't have the vocabulary in this or any language, nor in any kind of noise that I could make, that it <laughs> describes the level of... It's hatred. Yeah. It's way beyond that. That's what I was going to say. It's the closest word that we have is hate. Very close. It's hatred, not hatred squared. It is hatred cubed. It's very a lot of hatred. Yeah. It's like, it's a deep and abject loathing. I truly want these people to burn in a real fire forever. By now, each of the- I want technology- to be made available that will keep you alive no matter what. I want I want unkillable you, lizard levels of technology. You want <laughs> I have no mouth but I must scream. I want yes for this person. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So by now each of the attackers is out of jail. 3 of the boys served less than 8 years. They are now all in their late 40s. So Junko Furuta's funeral was held on April 2nd, 1989. Faruta's intended future employer presented his parents or her parents with the uniform she would have worn in the position she had accepted. The uniform was placed in her casket. At her graduation, Faruta's school principal presented a high school diploma, which was given to her parents. The location near where Faruta's body was discovered has been developed since has been developed since and is now Wakasu Park. Is it is it explicitly in memorial to her? The it doesn't park? say. I don't it think doesn't so. Say? No, no. Okay. If if I ever do get to take the vacation to Japan that I would like to take someday, I would definitely want to visit that park and like leave a flower in yeah, her memory I grew up or something. In tourist country, you know? so like I I get it. You know, yeah. Like I would be a good tourist, but I really don't. I have long thought that I couldn't go to Japan, mm-hmm. not for any 
political reasons. It's just that I'm way bigger than most of Japan accommodates for. Yeah. And that's not their fault. They just happen to be smaller than me on average because I'm big, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, I really hate feeling confined Mm -hmm. both physically and metaphysically. And, like, I just couldn't survive more than about a day and a half in Japan, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Because I went to Philly, and Philly is smaller than I wanted it to be in, yeah. in places. So at least three books have been written about the crime. Now I'm going to do my best. I've got three anime people, and I know I'm going to be given shit for this. But here we when go. When have we given you shit for this even one time this episode? I practiced the names. This one I just got to last night. So I did my best. An exploitation film called Joshi Kosai Konkorito Zume Satsujin Jiken about the incident um, was... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, it literally translates to the screw girl in concrete. The Schoolgirl in Concrete. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so that movie about the incident was directed by Katsuya Matsumura in 1995. The case was also an inspiration for the film Concrete in 2004 and the manga 17 Sai. So there's a manga out there about the story. I do have to legally say that it is manga. Manga. I will... Fuck all of I'm you. not even giving you shit. I'm just it's, it's, you're going to get a it's, Facebook message about it if I don't say it. Look, man, we're only doing the ones that the internet is going to give you shit for if right. we don't head it off at the pass. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. we just have to acknowledge nobody that somebody... in America agrees on how some of these names are pronounced. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's fine. There's like four. There's maybe 14 words that you gotta get. You know we're, what I'm saying? We're just here to protect you from the other weeps. I'm, you know, I'm trying to get into the anime. That's fine. Yeah. Wow. Ain't am I? That's Kay. correct. I yeah. didn't know nope, you were not Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's it. That's Honestly, story. that was we closer than he could have been. <laughs> <laughs> um, the anime? I know. Hey, listen. I know people in America who call it anime, which is. <sighs> it's I hate. And th- like, like content creators. Oh yeah. Yes. See, to me, that's so much worse than uh, just m- mispronouncing it as you would phonetically looking at it, like from an English language perspective. That's so much worse because it's like you're trying too hard to pander to saying it's it like right saying, and then doing it wronger. It's like saying croissant, but like seriously, croissant. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. like we do when we're making fun of French people, but that's like different. playfully. That's yeah. a playful, fun thing because right. we like to fuck with each other. French, France, and America. We've got a long history of it, but like, <laughs> um, usually we're you know buddy buddy in the end. But like you know, it's whatevs. You know, it's they're like our right. big brother or whatever. Yeah, 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 and like you know, oh, oh, oh croissant is a funny, fun joke, but like. You should not go to a restaurant and order a croissant. You should order a croissant in a restaurant. Yes. Period. Are you American? Even in France, you should say it, croissant. They will hate you if you do it otherwise. (laughs) That's like if you go to the hood and try to call people homeboy. Don't do that. (laughs) Right. Don't do that. (laughs) 
So if you're still a fan of us after this episode. I'm not. I know. Right now, honestly. I I actually thought about telling you just go to your car for about 30 minutes while we read this, but. No, I. I should have been here, and I was. Yeah, but if you're still listening to us after this episode, uh, you know the routine. Like, follow, share um, on Facebook. Um, I'm not even going to say the links this time, because they're in the description. Just go to there. Just do. Just go well, there. Um, we do have a few new uh, Patreon. Don't, t- in fact, don't even don't share this one. <laughs> the other ones do that, but not this one. Yeah, share, share Slenderman. Yeah, um, Slenderman's fun. But uh, we have a couple new tiers on our Patreon. Uh, we have the $15 tier, which gets you a keychain, uh, handcrafted, one-of-a-kind keychain. And the earlier you uh, you uh, join, you can even customize your colors. We've had a few of our uh, already established patrons uh, up there. Their, uh, what is it called? A bid? Their, uh, their tier. Their, their pledge. Their pledge, that's um, it. And they were allowed to choose the colors that their keychain will be. Uh, and then you have the $20 Ghost Strokes groupie tier. That gets you a Ghost Strokes backstage pass lanyard, along with everything else from before. Um, this is too much of this at the end of this episode. Yeah. I'm going to just say shouts out to the three of you who have already, before I even knew that Don had implemented the new tiers, have have upped your pledge straight away just yeah. straight away you, you guys are the super you guys fans are the and we fucking, really appreciate you you're you're absolute g's i just love you but like that's all i'm gonna say do do the normal shit uh yeah, shout out to the plant babies for this week if you made it to the end of this episode you'll have heard me say it a couple of weeks ago in our midweek episode but uh me and josh we're able to guest spot on Chuddle the Pod. Yes. Yeah, that was a ton of fun. And God, you, the Chuddlers are the best. I love amazing. them so much. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear them through our podcast. We're working on it. Don't worry about it. But yep. we've got an go listen to them done. if you need a palate cleanser this week. They need. <laughs> they are excellent at what they do, and they need you to listen to them. Go do it. Um. Or something else. Oh, so if uh, as you may have noticed, you probably didn't because you're probably not paying attention. This is the first episode of October, so we are sp- officially in spooky season. Uh, this is as dark as we're going to go for October. Starting uh, strong, we're going to yeah. end funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so next week, uh, to continue, we are actually going to do, uh, the whole episode will be based on the creepypasta Jeff the Killer. Which is just a fun one. Yeah. Like, is that's that the just one a fun that one. I got? My name Jeff. No, that's no, no, no that's thing? from Twenty One Jump Street. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Wow, that's that might be the only thing I remember about that. So we do know that the uh, one of the episodes, our Halloween episode, we will be discussing the history of Samhain, uh, the actual origins of Halloween. Uh, we're not quite sure what that third episode is going to be yet. We're working on it, but uh, definitely I nothing. Do one about. Like a Pac-Man ghost or something, just to fuck with people. That'd be fun. Yeah. So nothing as dark as this week. Um, we we try well, we to gotta spread these out. Yeah, just for we me, we I definitely guess. try to spread out the the after dark episodes. Y'all got to remember, I d- I don't know shit about true crime right. or urban legends. So like every time I hear it, it's the first time. It's it's a uh, it's an intense one this time, and we understand if you definitely need to take a break for a minute. Yeah, go, you know, go sit down, have a glass of water, mm-hmm. smoke a blunt if you want. <laughs> like, you know, don't play any 
sweaty ass games <laughs> after this. You, you may want to skip the the Japanese horror games for a little while. Um, but after all of that, uh, shout out to the Plant Babies. Uh, fuck the Yakuza. Uh, yes, Don, get fuck, on the train. Yeah, there it is. Fuck cancer. Oh, I said that shit a while ago. Be good to yourselves. And we will see you next time. You know, I'll come up with a sign-off. Eventually. Bye. Bye.